Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. Today, we're talking about the pursuit of big arms, uh, who had some of the best and biggest arms in history, and why big arms are such a big deal. Um, let me ask you guys, what's just to start out and get things rolling, what's, what's the psychology? Do you have any any finer points you can put on the psychology behind wanting bigger arms? I mean, I certainly have all my life. I've been in pursuit of big arms. Jim, I know you have as a bodybuilder and Marty, I don't know if you've cared all that much, but having big arms is cool. Everybody really gets into big arms, but what's the, what's the, why what's that body part? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why does it trump all, all it's of the, the body most parts? Visible. It's the most visible body part, right? It's like uh, owning, owning a yellow Ferrari. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, just some about, some about that. You know, skinny arms looks noodle, noodle arms. No man wants noodle arms. You know? No, they don't. Do you no, do you know no, the average? I, I did some research. The average <laughs> size of a man's arm is thirteen inches. Wow. That's yeah, pretty. <laughs> that's pretty spindly. And that's taking. I mean, it that's off. that's way spindly. I mean, get out of tape and do thirteen inches. That's. Uh... Well, you know what's funny? When I was at Penn, I would uh, remember I had the assistant Christy. I used to, her arms were sixteen inches, and yeah. I and I used to measure them. Then I'd I'd say to uh, one of the football kids, "Hey, uh, you think your arms are bigger than Coach Christie's arms?" Oh yeah, Coach. No, I get out the tape measure. Oh no, no, no. That's all right, Coach. That's all right. <laughs> and her arms were bigger than a lot of them. Well. This okay. research I looked at is they said the uh, the average arm size for a male, and it's pretty consistent all through life. It's it hovers right around thirteen inches, but for female, it's only an inch below that, twelve inches. So, oh, some which, fabulous information there, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, which which seems more likely, but thirteen inches, man. I don't know. I got to look at that. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Pretty so spinning. let me tell you a quick tape measure story. So at the old York gym, they had a tape <clears throat> that they would lay around. And back in the day, it was a big deal. You tape, tape all your body parts. Nowadays, and I don't think that's it. But back in the day, everybody was into tape, tape your chest, tape your waist, yeah. tape your thighs, tape your calves, tape your arms, tape your forearms, tape your wrist, oh, yeah. neck, all of it. So at the York gym, they had a tape. So um, <clears throat> Tommy Suggs stretched the tape. Right. Oh boy! <laughs> he stretched it. He purposely stretched it three quarters of an inch, and then he hung out and watched as guys would measure their arms. They're all shrinking, huh? They probably freaked out, <laughs> panicking. Like, oh my god! I just I had upped my protein. They just had the best arm workout of their life, and in reality, they're you know <laughs> a quarter of inch larger than they've ever been. And then they put the tape on, and it's just like. <laughs> Oh man, you could crush somebody if you if you like grab their bicep and go, "Hey man, you still lifting? What's, hey. the, what's the deal? You, you losing yeah, are weight? You losing weight? Are you yeah, running, that's the worst. Are you running a lot? Are you running a lot? Yeah. You, you did know, you, did you, you stop eating? Well, I tell you, I, you know, I, when I did that uh, recent article on the greatest Olympic weightlifter of all time, in my opinion, uh, Uric Vardanian, right? And he was uh, five five eight and 180 pounds and he could snatch 400 and clean and jerk 500 
with, I don't know what, 15 inch arms, maybe. Mm. Uh, he, he looked more like, you know, the valet that you let <laughs> park your car at the restaurant than the world's greatest Olympic lifter. You know, I thought to myself, I said, you might be the greatest Olympic lifter, but I really don't aspire to your physique. Right, right. Now, D David Riger, yes, uh, Riger was, was, was rocked out. But in terms of physiques, the Olympic lifters, they have these, these crazy small arms because they don't do anything. In fact, the coaches discourage it because they right. said that's muscle taken away from muscle that could be on your erectors or your traps mm. or your hips. And, and, I, and, if you just, yeah, and I would say pretty tough to rack with 20-inch arms. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, that's why Anderson, his arms are so damn big. He just held that clean up top, man. His elbows were down. He was just reverse curling that thing. Yeah, man. he was like a he. He had the technique of a five-year-old. Yeah, just brute. Right. Yeah, he was just so much stronger that than the weight. I mean, if he'd had any de decent technique, is you know all these lifts would have gone up, you know, eighty pounds. Mm. But he was just he was just a bull moose, right? So, anyway, so I think we've I think we've worn out the thirteen inch arm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. look between between the th the three of us, we've got over a hundred years of uh, arm training experience. So, Marty, let me ask you, what's the biggest myth in all of arm arm building that you've ever heard or seen or witnessed or whatever? Oh, man, that's a big question, buddy. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> what that you can. Um, Put two inches on your arms without gaining five pounds in body weight, right? That you're magically going to find some incredible arm routine. And that quick you, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to find it, and you, you know you'll still be able to fit into your 32 inch designer jeans. You know, you don't have to you know replace your wardrobe. Yeah. And in reality, our old rule of thumb for an average sized guy was that for every inch of arm size you had to go up uh 10 pounds in body weight that was kind of a rule of thumb yeah i've heard that mm -hmm. again for an average size guy for a small guy it's going to be less for a really big guy it's going to be more but just generally speaking if you're i don't know what 170 pound guy with 15 inch arms you're going to have to go to 180 to get 16 inch arms 190 to get 17 inch arms you know a, a, a good lean 200 to get uh, you know, yeah, magic, and you can do that in a lean way and, and stay yeah. pretty lean. And just, you know, you just gotta yeah. eat the right food. I don't agree with that. I think that that's, I don't think that that is the, the also the magical strategy. You can get, you can stay ripped and get gigantic at the same time. It's like, nah, well, there's a myth. I think that's the maybe the bigger myth, right, Jim? Yeah. You know, I get, well, the, theoretically it's possible. And, and elite, elite bodybuilders can do that if they're slamming, whatever, 8,000 clean calories a day and doing cardio twice a day and lifting for, you know, two hours and don't have real jobs, you know, and, and are maybe taking some pharmaceuticals to help in the recovery. You, you know, if you live a perfect life like that, then yeah, maybe you can gain size and still become leaner at the same time but it's a very that's the razor's edge in the highest expression of bodybuilding yeah but what i was saying i wasn't saying get ripped while you're building your arms i was just saying stay relatively, relatively. lean 
and no. stay that way and still it's gain weight, you know, by eating all the right foods. Well, it's hard to gain weight and eat all the right foods, right, Jim? Let me throw this out there. You remember Arnold <laughs> when, he was, when he was 19? Arnold, yeah, yeah. his yeah. arms were huge. Yeah, yeah he looked good. Did his arms get any bigger over the uh -huh. years? Or did he just define, he got better at diet? Um, you know, he may have added some quality, somehow brachialis or whatever, but it's probably about the same size. Well, I think, yeah. yeah, I think he he and his legs and everything were weak points that he really had to bring up. So I think better because he hadn't trained. Yeah, him. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, maybe Arnold just whittled down over the years with diet and and uh, you know all those workouts to really just get those same arm size. So he had to gain that weight to get those big arms. Is what I was getting at. You know, Jimmy, I'm yeah. so proud of you. That's profound. Thank you, my son. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. That and with him, that's what happened. He was a big, big chunk of marble at age eighteen and nineteen. Right. Wasn't he weighing like two sixty? Yeah, and, and there's a picture of him like on on this mountain. Yeah, and, and he's like a body. Yeah, and he's a baby fat boy. Right, smooth like Larry Scott kind yeah, of. With, yeah, 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 with chubby cheeks and you yeah. Know, oh yeah, look at me, you know. Um, but you know, I hear he was. Um, and he's pretty upfront about this. He was actually gassing from the age of 15. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to believe. It's like, who in the hell? But of course, back then they were ignorant. They didn't know. But yeah, I like that theory that, that in Schwarzenegger's case, he built all that size very early on. And all the pumping iron stuff that we see is just a refinement of that right. incredible mass that he built. And he was the Austrian uh, powerlifting champion. Yeah. yeah, he had a legitimate 700 pound deadlift. Yep. For a, for a dumbass kid who probably, I mean, he was probably terrible, right? Mm -hmm. Technique. He, you know, he was very, he was very into symmetry from early on because in, uh, in Pumping Iron, he references, you know, it's like an artist adding clay. You know, you can add clay here or there to, to bring up certain body parts to match other body parts. So I think he realized that early on that his, his arms had such great genetics that, yeah. you know, maybe he, you know, I don't know how he trained way back then. But <laughs> well, he, uh, it's funny you should ask because I just happened to have his exact arm routine. Would you, would you like to hear it? Yes. Yeah. This is, this and is how many? Uh, and how uh, many times uh, a week? Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait! Don't, don't! You know, you're giving away the end of the movie before <laughs> it's even shown. Didn't give it okay? away. There you are. You know the punchlines, okay? But you know, a lot of our listeners don't. I've got to flip through the pages of my secret book. So let's see. Where is? Did we post this? Or you uh, yeah. did Arnold's workout oh, yeah. seven hundred? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Seven hundred sets a week. But it, but it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it bears repeating. Okay. <laughs> now this is. He starts off. His favorite exercise was uh, dumbbell cheek curls. He loved dumbbell cheek curls. He said that that was his number one size building exercise. He had a very kind of semi-strict cheek curl technique, right, Jim? Mm -hmm. I mean, his lean back was not. He didn't use a lot of jolt at the start, and he didn't use a lot of lean back at the finish. He really just kind of barely cheek curled. But, I mean, he worked up to some some good, you know, I'm thinking like 205, 225. Come on, barbell. Yeah, barbell cheek curl. Barbell, yeah. So, all right, so six times eight. Then seated dumbbell curl, six times six. Then concentration dumbbell curl, yeah. six times ten. Now we shift to the triceps, close grip tricep press line, six times eight, push downs on the 
you know, the cable machine, yeah. six times 10. Then he goes to the, uh, the overhead easy curl French press where you sit down and push it overhead. He does a six set to eight in that, and he finishes with uh, one arm triceps dumbbell press, which he gets a big stretch. And that was six times 10. So six, 18, 24, 30, 36, 42. So he's doing uh, 50 sets of arms three times a week, 150 sets of arms a week. I'll stick with Yates. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like Yates 150 much 150 sets of arms a week. Yeah, it's aerobics. It's <laughs> Mark, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I no. said, hey, Marty, man, we're doing 50 sets of arms today. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that and have a job? Of course, he didn't at the How time, do you do right? That and have any fun. I mean, I want to work harder than that. I mean, I know he worked hard, but I'd rather just say, man, I got freaking too oh, hard. And I'm going. It's endless. I mean, he's got one day where he does chest, back, legs, and then he comes back in the afternoon. He does calves and forearms, right, and abs. Yeah, so I think, yeah. he was doing a six a six day a week double split. Okay, now all right. Now this is interesting. I want to switch into dime. So that was Arnold. Now here's another interesting case study of giant arms, right? So young Sergio Oliva. Mm -hmm defects from the Cuban Olympic weightlifting team weighing mm -hmm. 195 mm -hmm. hard as a rock right so he defects comes to Chicago now at the peak of his career he weighed 235 to 240 so the opposite of Arnold he put on his size he he, yeah. he was very 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 developed very early as a, an elite international level Olympic weightlifter, who then got into bodybuilding, then got into pharmaceuticals. And in other words, later in life, he was already uh, highly developed and also very similar to Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman was a top pro amateur bodybuilder, the best in the world. And then he went pro. Right. Kirk. Kirk was a very, 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 very good uh, uh, what was the Drug Free Federation, Jimmy? ADFPA yep, yep. lifter at a high level before he got into you know the hardcore powerlifting. So, uh, but now Sergio, so Sergio puts on what 40, 45 pounds of muscle in inside five years. Now this is his arm routine. All right, now he only trained his body parts twice a week. Okay, so he started with. Five sets to five, again, in the heavy cheat curl, and he's using five, 205 for five sets to five. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> supersets that with, uh, you know, lying on the bench, front, uh, uh, nose breaker. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he, again, five sets to five with 205, mm. all right? Then he's using the newly invented Scott curl bench. Right. Mm -hmm. So... He starts with barbell, five set to 10 with 150. Then he does Scott curls with dumbbells, five set to five with pair of 60s. Then sitting down triceps, pair of 60s, five set to five, all low reps, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he finishes with some a burnout set of the tricep press downs where he uh, does like five sets to 12. Now he's training that twice a week. 
Mm. Uh, so, but again, volume, right? Yeah. Yeah, so how do you think, I don't think they knew. It was uncharted territory. So they didn't know where to stop. Like, like what's, why not? Sergio, Sergio, was, Sergio was unique in that he was a, a naturally super lean, super lean dude who, when he came to this country, had tremendous appetite. And he yeah. was famous for how much food he could fire down, right? They had, pic they had pictures of him in <laughs> Essen, like three days before the Olympia, stuffing mm. his face on pastries yeah. in a bakery in Europe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? And he still shows up and he's, you know, ripped 245. And that was the year they ripped, they ripped him off. He, he had Arnold beat by a country mile, but they, they gave it to Schwarzenegger anyway. Yeah. Marty, he was doing the – it's funny, he was doing the five-by-fives back then. That was more of a powerlifting thing. I know, that's, so, some low, that's some low reps. And this is Sergio swearing that, that this is his exact routine. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, just uh, uh, low reps, a lot of volume. But, Sergio, they, these guys love being in the gym. Yeah. Right? They really did. They love training. And Sergio worked a full-time day job. Yeah. He was a cop during the day. He was the last Olympia. No, Ronnie Coleman was a cop too, so that's not true. But, but Sergio, then Ronnie, they're the only two Olympias ever to work day jobs. That yeah, makes right? sense. <laughs> they're working during the day and then winning the Olympia at night, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I, that's genetics, right? That's genetics. Yeah. Yeah, I know before Essen, he went down in Florida and trained with. Uh, yeah, with Arthur Judd. That didn't turn out well. I think, they, I don't know if they had a fight or whatever, but he turned yeah. out, he looked great. It was, oh, God almighty. But it had nothing to do with Arthur Jones. It was hard to get along with. You know what I think about the myth, JP? Yeah. The biggest myth is that you need heavy weights to train your biceps. When I, and I, I was, man, my ego was so, you know, I used to do two, I did 225 on cheek curls before and, we used to work up to 175 every day, and all I got was a the worst case of tendonitis and tiny little arms. Yeah, Jimmy, we used to call those reverse cleans. Yeah, and I caught well, I, Arnold did them, so I thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know. But then when I would drop, I mean, I would, I would be lifting with girls. They'd be doing the 40s and 50s, and I was just like, I'm using my 35 pound dumbbells, and I'm yep. going so slow, and I'm cramping my butt, and my biceps grew. And yeah, I think you're. I think you're right, Jim. There's also a difference, you know. I've seen over the, the years, my friends. Uh, I would have friends that would respond very well from just lightweights, like you said, and just pumping it out. And I never got anything out of that. But I know what you're saying. I had to always go real heavy, but it, you're always risking injury and tendonitis and all that. Yeah. But you know, like we talk about all the time, you do have to switch it around. You know, sometimes you're doing. Uh, well, low volume. Sometimes you're doing high volume. You got yeah, switch. yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that. The pendulum, the pendulum swing, right? Low the pendulum, volume, high yeah. volume, low reps, high reps. Uh, I will say this: that if you want to get your facts straight about mind muscle connection, I think the mm -hmm. best storm I ever saw in person was I was at an Olympia, and <laughs> Ronnie Coleman was there, but he wasn't God, competing. Right? He wasn't competing. This was he right. was. He was still, he had just become a pro, so he was kind of in between. When he was a amateur, he was like, I don't know, I'm, saying, I'm thinking like 215 maybe, 
body weight. Yeah. So now he's a pro and he's about 235, but he hasn't turned into Mr. Gigantic yet, right? Right. You know, at his peak, he's competing at 295. So I'm seeing him at 235, and, and he pulled up his shirt sleeve on his cold arm. We were just standing in the aisles, uh, BSing, and he just flexed his arm, and it was like, it was like Sergio Oliva's arm came up first. Yeah, and then it split. And then he hit it a little harder, and then the second bicep appeared on top of the Sergio Oliva bicep. Both heads. The peak thing. And it was like the best example of the outer head. It's like the inner head, everybody gets that just by doing their regular curls. But there's only a very few guys that are able yeah. to make that mind-muscle connection in that outer head. And that, that gives them what Freddie Ortiz had, what Robbie Robinson had, what Arnold had. And what Lonnie Coleman had, what Dorian didn't, what Sergio didn't, right? They had big, gigantic pumpkin biceps, but no. Remember Boyer Coe's biceps? Yeah, had, Boyer was known for his split, right? Split. Yeah, this crazy split in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samir uh, had that too. Samir always had that great split. He had great arms. His triceps was striated too. We got some good Samir stories. But, but Coleman's... Yeah. We'll save those for your, for your podcast, Jimmy. <laughs> but <Yeah>. Coleman's, <laughs> Coleman's outer bicep head, I mean, it was so pronounced. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's yeah, just... Not, like, that's the biggest arms I've ever seen in my yeah, life. There's no mistaking, there's no mistaking like a, where the outer and the inner head was. It was just right there in your face. And when he hit it, it was like a scene from Aliens. Yeah, I bet. Like, right, the little yeah, an monster, alien head. The monster bicep poked out from inside the real bicep. Right? <laughs> he, was, he was sitting at a table, and I walked over to him, sort of like nobody realized he was there yet, and he was yeah. getting out his posters and all that stuff. To I was looking at his arms, man. He had an Izod shirt on, you know, like yeah. a polo. But they're like, an, uh, it's, it, I mean, I was like, what is that? What, it's not even a human. It's, it's, well, yeah, but you know, he was pushing his off-season body weight up. To oh, 20. he was about 320 when I saw him. Well, he was pushed it up to 340. Yeah, but they were and, more and he's And he's just an average height guy. He's 5'10", 5'11". He's 6'3". Yeah. Six, six, yeah. So that's a lot of, I mean, and no matter how gigantic you get, your heart is the size of your clenched fist, right? So you're running around a a 1963 Cadillac Eldorado convertible body on a Volkswagen engine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. It's not, it's, it's okay for short periods, yeah, yeah. but it's not meant to be. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And a lot of big guys who, after they quit, whether it's uh, lifting or bodybuilding, they keep their big eating habits, but they drop the training, and that's a bad, bad combination. Yeah, they drop cool. the cardio, and boom, that's the end of it. Then they just turn into big, fat, strong guys. Yeah, just like football players do. You know, well, we, oh, we yeah. talked about it too. You know, a lot of guys will start juicing right from the beginning, like you know they can't do anything without it, and then they'll they'll do that through their careers or whatever, and they'll get off the juice, and they'll go, "What's the point in training?" But the yeah. guy that's that's yeah. got that started naturally yes. went a few years and really had the passion to lift that guy stands the best chance after the career or after the whatever to, to just keep going yeah. as a healthy lifestyle or just do it naturally or whatever yeah. um so 
Well, as Dor Dorian once told me, he said, you know, there are guys who love to train and there are guys who like the glory of the competing. And he said, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the guy. He said, I think training is a pain in the ass. I hate, I mean, competing is a pain in the ass, right? Is it, it's, it's bothersome. It interferes with the training. Yeah. But it does, it does provide the report card on the training. Yeah. I love training, but I was, you know, early on, I was doing high volume. And after a few years, you know, I'm 48 now, I'm doing this since I'm 14. But after, you know, three, four, five years of high volume, it starts to become a chore. And it's just like, crap, man, I don't have time for anything else. You start dreading going into the gym. So when I started reading that I could cut the volume down and get as good, if not better results, man, that was... Because you're not getting any results. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm you're doing too training. much. You're just well. You're just treading water. You're doing all that work, and you're yeah. just treading water. If you were doing all that work and making fabulous gains, it's like, yeah, let's keep going, buddy. You know. But you're well, not. Right. In the beginning, in the beginning, you're pretty much going to get some good gains no matter what you do because yeah, you haven't yeah, done anything sure. yet. Well, but that wears off slamming, quickly. Slamming, if you're not. And JP, you were slamming <clears throat> calories, right? Yeah, it was like you. I was eating like two or three. I was eating yeah. two or three lunches at school. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I became friends with the lunch ladies. Yeah, oh, you know that story. Hey, uh, you know whose arm inspired me? You know whose arms inspired me? As a whole, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. But that poster, there was a Sports Illustrated poster. With Mike Webster, getting rid of Mike Webster, Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triceps are striated, yeah, and his yeah. bicep, you know, the big vein that goes down your, <laughs> down your bicep. Right. Sitting there, man. And I, we had that up in the weight room, and it was like Mike Webster, oh, man, look yeah. at those biceps. You know, I could have yeah, 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 yeah. You probably had sex looking at that poster. <laughs> all right, listen, this is going all over the place. Let's keep some yeah, order here. I'm getting it, back to arms. You guys are talking about life as a kid and stuff. All right, as long as you're talking about great arms, okay. Great arms. So let's Probably talk about great arms that we've seen personally. Whose yes. arms have we seen personally that we just went, whoa, man, that's incredible. Well, you smart. I'll tell you who it was yeah. for me. Okay. Yes, tell, tell us. I'll tell you. Okay. Well, you guys know my uh, Paul DeLette story. I had to hang out with yeah. him one day. Yeah. I had to pick him up yeah. from the airport back when <clears> I was <throat> working for American Sports Network. And, uh, <clears throat> At the time, he was a six two. Tell, 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 tell the people, yeah, tell the people who he was. Well, he yeah, was brand new. So, so he, this was, was his IFB, like. Was he an IFBB pro when you met him, or was he just coming up? He. This was his maiden voyage to California. He was going to speak with Joe Weeder. He had a meeting set wow. up with Joe Weeder that weekend. Front end of the career. So Joe Weeder, from what I've heard, ended up signing him that weekend. Yeah. But. Now, now I was 18 or 19 at the time going out, you know, Lou sent me out to LAX to pick him up. And I didn't know what he looked like at the time or whatever. But as soon as he got off the, the plane, I, it was instantly, I knew it was him. <laughs> he, he was a monster. Um, and I think he had 22, 23 inch arms at the time, 6'2". It was about 290 at the time. And just uh, – his arms were monstrous. We went out to lunch and stuff. I hung out with him for a day, just kind of driving him around. And I'll never forget. We went to we went to eat, and we were in a booth. His he had the widest shoulders I've ever seen. He took up the whole booth from end to end with his shoulders. 
<laughs> so that was for starters. But when I looked at his arms, I looked at his forearm, he had stretch marks on his forearms. He was just so massive. And I mean, <laughs> this, this, and I've never seen that to this day. I mean, but uh, I was just looking at his arms and I remember how can the human body get so massive? I mean, I was yeah. just blown away by the size of this guy. Yeah. And then as I took him around, you know, he ran into other bodybuilders and uh, I think it was, uh, who was it? Very demay. We we're backstage at the show or something. And these guys were just all freaking out over, over Paul. And they were like, damn, man, you're huge. <laughs> so, but he well, had, you know, you know, what we used to say about to <clears throat> Yes, I know. Yeah. And it bears repeating just like your stories bear repeating. Okay. Let me just slip this in here from the front. The guy was Mr. Olympia. From viewed from behind, he was Mr. Dayton, Ohio, maybe second place. It was yeah. shocking. It was shocking how different he was. When he turned around, people would gasp. They'd go like, <gasps> like, did he get yeah. yeah, but he even had good arms from behind, yeah. though. He even had good arms well, from behind okay. if you yeah, looked at him. Yeah, and he Massive has good triceps. triceps. Yes, he had good triceps. And he had yeah, good A lot triceps. of those guys with the big arms have trouble having big backs. They can't get to their backs. Or, or if you they know. get started late in the game. He had okay. been a, a, a CFL football player. Right, and he, you guarantee he, he was doing girls and all that, but he wasn't. Yeah, doing exactly. He wasn't doing power cleans and deadlifts. All right, here's my second guy. Yeah, who's your second guy? Flex Wheeler. I uh, heard about um, that. I've seen now, Flex. He's got big arms. Yeah. Now, he, had, he was early in his career when I met him, but what I always liked about <laughs> Flex was he had such great shape. Um, and I noticed really, that his, that his symmetry was such that the symmetry, uh, his arms and legs had like the same type of shape. It was really, weren't you really surprised close. how big his arms were? I was very yeah. surprised because when you see pictures of him, he's so balanced. It didn't look like his arms were that big because everything else was, was looking good too. And then when I saw him in a polo, uh, I was like, Whoa, man, that's some big ass arms. But you know what? He had he had the small joints and everything. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. was just accentuated and just his uh, his shape was just like out of a comic book. Were you around him? So you were around him, weren't you? Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Flex was uh, Flex was distant, right? He, he was always when he was on top, he was always a little removed. I think he should have won the Olympia when uh, when Dorian ripped his bicep. Ignored that, and I'm like, uh, you know, can we give Flex one anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I, his waist. The thing about him, Oliva had the same thing. They had these tiny waists. Yeah. Like you, could, like, you wanted to go up and like put your hands around him, you know, like a girl. Hey, wow, look at that! Come on. I mean, he was, <laughs> yeah, but he was also one of these guys uh, that when he flexed up, he exploded. Yeah. Some guys look so big when they walk on stage, they like big power yeah. hunter guys, or you know, like but, but you're right, that tiny little waist just makes everything look more pronounced and also bigger his, and shapely. His, his muscles had a real expansion about them, yeah. right? They're like, whoa, like, whoa, it's like when those lizards put their that thing up behind their head, you know, it's like, wow, that really expands. Whereas these power type uh, 
body lifter, bodybuilding guys. They, they flex up. Not much happens. They look great yeah. when they're standing around. Yeah. Like Kirk. Kirk looks incredible when he's standing around. But when they flex, I don't know if it's tight fascia, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Franco, same way. Franco, same way. Franco, the same way, right? Franco looked better standing around than, than flexed up. Now, we'll say this. Flex Wheeler had it at an incredible back. I really yeah, liked did. his back. Yeah. I liked a lot about him, uh, but I really liked his back. He had a powerhouse looking back, and for yeah. guys built like him, they didn't usually have that. They usually were a little weak when yeah. they turned around, right? But this guy's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Legit, yeah. Well, I told you when he was competing, and I think this was uh, 91. I don't know. I don't It was in Beach, I think the show was, and I was working for Lou, and Flex was out on stage, and he looked so good. You could tell this guy, man, he's really going somewhere in this sport. And Lou loved him so much. Lou, you know, uh, I think the posing routine is what, Jim, a minute or something? Yeah, I think so. Back in the it's, like, day. it's like a minute. So, But I just remember Lou saying, let him go, let him go. He was playing some Mariah Carey song, and he looked so good, and the routine was so good. And it was just so ready. And Lou said, just let him go. They let him go like, I don't know, a minute and a half or something because he just, he looked so damn good. But, uh, and you know what, back then, I mean, I haven't talked to him after, but he was, he was very humble back then. He talked to us. He was very personable. He was a good guy. Um, you know, so I, we had, a, we spent the whole day with him pretty much shooting at a, a powerhouse gym one time out in uh, Fullerton. I always figure in shape he was about 220 yeah uh, i think so that's what i'm and i think he could have really kept going short. but did he, was did he get than, a car wreck or something uh he did i he yeah, i don't low. think he enjoyed the process a lot he used to he used to talk about it he said you know he said it was such so horrible to have to, i interviewed him a couple of times we did uh we did a couple of articles together for muscle and fitness and he used to say it was so horrible to get up as soon as he got up out of bed he put his um his uh treadmill on a steep incline and he'd walk for an hour yeah and then he would eat what was it 12 chicken breasts a day yeah right and with and i think he only had rice every third day or something <laughs> you know i mean he, and he said yeah he says it's like prison camp and then he would go to the gym and he had charles glass training him yeah. And Charles Glass was, you know, uh, Charles Glass is a, is a great guy, but he's a tough trainer. And man, it is tough to train when you're starving. Right, Jim? Yeah, you're just doing it, man. You're just doing it. And, you know, fe- uh, I watched an interview with Chad Nichols, who was Flex's uh, yeah, we knew Chad nutrition Nichols. guy for a little bit. And he said that Flex was famous for binging and then having to diet like you just described after that. And then he'd do that for a little while, and then he'd ruin it, and then he'd have to go back. So, you know, Chad was, Chad was like, oh, man, it was tough, you know. Tough to yeah. keep it right. <clears throat> yeah. And, again, I, I, if I had been in, in his shoes, I would have thought, you know, I'm getting screwed. Well, you that's know, what LeBron was saying, too. I, I gotta, I gotta, you got to throw me a bone once in a while, man. <laughs> you know, and it's tough. It's tough to maintain when you're always finishing second. Right. And it's like, oh, they're sending me a message. And, you know, he would have had to gain, if he had gained 10 more pounds, 
and maintain his, his, that's what all the judges were saying. Oh, if he only weighed 235, he'd be able to stand up against Dorian. You know, Dorian dwarfs him. And in Dorian's peak, he dwarfed everybody. Yeah. Except, except maybe Nasser El-Sambadi or Dillette from the front. Uh, but Dorian was actually better from behind than from the front. You know, you know who else I saw in person that had really big arms? I saw Mike Menser in his peak. Mm. He was at, my dad used to drop me off at the University of Maryland weight room where the football guys lifted, and I just watch. I was in, uh, this is in 81, I think, something mm. like that. Was, and, he shape, uh, was he in shape? Oh, yeah, and he just got done. He just got done where Arnold won the Olympia, and he was deciding whether he should retire or not. So he was training hard. Oh, was that the, was that the controversial one where he yeah. took fifth? Oh, he was yeah, suicidal exactly. then, man. That was not good. Yeah, no. 81, the heyday of bodybuilding, right? Back in the 80s. Yeah, I, so then, know, man. I, I didn't even know who the guy was. I just I saw this guy in the corner doing behind-the-neck presses, just straddling a regular flat bench. There wasn't a behind-the-neck press machine, you know. And he was working, man. I mean, he was killing himself, and all the guys were cheering him on. And then I was standing in front of the water fountain. I was just a little kid, and, and he was like, excuse me, and he walked by. And I was like, oh, that's that dude in the magazines who does the protein ads, you know, wider, weeder, yeah. muscle state builder, whatever. And <laughs> it looked like he had worms, you know, I just remember worms all over his arms because it was but like. Didn't it look up. unreal? Didn't it look yes. unreal? Especially yes. as a kid, you're like, oh my God, like, where did he what come is, from? Like, what is that, you know? Yeah. The, the, the striation and the forearms were like hams, man. <laughs> the Georgia hams. But you know what's funny was he was so small compared to like, like a couple of Peacock who played uh, Heartbreak Ridge. That guy, um, he started Heartbreak Ridge. He was there. He played at Maryland. He's like six five, two eighty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot his name in the movie. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so but he was so short. You know, he's probably five eight. Yeah. But then when you got up close to him, you were like, whoa, that's you know that's crazy. But next to all those guys, he was like a a little short guy in there. Funny, he, te but. he tended to, to run a little pudgy in the off season. I think he was mezzo-endo. You know, I think he had yeah. some endomorphic uh, attributes for sure. He told me that he, he fasted on Monday. He didn't eat any food on Monday. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Mentor said that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, for how long? I mean, this was a comment he made to me at one point in his career. I have his training journal. You can't find it. I, oh, I got uh, those. You should have told me. I would have given them to you. I got a cold little thin them. ones, right? Well, yeah, you can yeah, sell yeah. them on eBay for three hundred bucks if you wanted to. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, oh, here they are. Let me look. Let me just pull that He's in. Got again. the journal of when he did okay. the C nine Olympia, and his diet. Look at JP. He ate nothing. He ate. He was just big on. I don't. I'm just gonna have my low calories. He would have like a muffin for breakfast. And have like a chicken breast and a salad for lunch and dinner. It reminds me Ed Cohn. You know, I was fascinated to find that Ed Cohn, his diet, here's the, you know, greatest power lifter of all time. We're like asking him, you know, what did he eat? I thought he was going to be, you know, I thought he would be like scientific about it and just, you know, every two, two hours on the dot, you know, have a certain grams of protein and all that. He's like, oh, I just ate whatever, whenever, oh, he's whatever I wanted. Yeah, but I think Menser's thing was, um, you know, just super low calories because that was when his whole thing was, it's all about the calories. I mean, he made sure he had some protein, but it wasn't even, you know, guys today take in 400 grams of protein. He was taking in maybe 150, something like that. 
Okay. And then he went on these bike rides and jogs like 10 miles. So, so yeah. by the time he got to these competitions, he was so burnt out, man. You know? Well, now he, my, now he was my, a low volume guy, but was he, was he a very powerful guy? Was he a heavy lifter? Yeah, he was strong. Yeah, yeah, he was strong. He was from the neighborhood. He was stationed at Andrews Air Force Base. Well, he was stationed at Andrews for four years. He was in the Air Force. Right. So that's why he ended up in the D.C. area. Oh, Jim, I just turned around and stuck under my <clears throat> Yamaha electric grand piano. I have Mike Mentor, heavy-duty arms. Mike Mentor, heavy-duty yeah, shoulders. Oh, Mike Mentor, he heavy-duty legs. Now, I open heavy-duty arms. Yeah. And let's see what he says here real quick. How about Jack? It's a great routine. He is doing pre-fatigue pre curls. Yeah. Oh, what he's doing is he's doing pre-fatigue. So he starts with preacher curls yeah. and he reps out. And then he has his brother, Ray, who's wearing sunglasses all the time, give him four stretches. <laughs> right? Then immediately he goes to a regular sort of a semi-cheek curl. So he's mm -hmm. really... He's going preacher curl, no breaks, regular cheek curl again, you know, Ray's helping him with reps. Then he's finishing with palms up chins, which is a mm. compound movement. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's it for biceps. So that's really like one extended set. Now he says he does two cycles. Okay. So he does preacher curl, regular curl, palms up chin, rest. Preacher curl, regular curl, palms up chin, rest. Each, yep. each to failure. And on the, the chins and the curls, he's also, he's doing um, emphasis on the negative, right, Jim? You know how you're really yeah. tired at the end and, yeah. and the guy's yeah. giving you the force rep and the help up, but you fight the negative on the way down, right? Right. So you're, you're ripping muscle fiber to shreds. So on his triceps, he starts with press downs to pre-fatigue. Okay. And he's getting some force reps. Then he goes to the line tricep extension because he can put the pecs can help with the line. Tri he's a flat, flat bench with a narrow grip. Okay. Right. But because he can pull the, the front delts yeah. and pecs into the action, yep. he's able to get a little momentum going there. Yep. Oh, my God. Then he finishes with dips. Yeah, and dips. Turns, oh, great. Lord, great. Two sets of that, two cycles of that, too. Uh, now, the press down dip, uh, he does one cycle of that. His triceps were crazy. Yes, they he were... had great triceps. Yeah. So uh, that, that's the deal. And he would do that twice a week. <clears throat> and he claimed that he could get it done in 30 minutes, which he probably could. Oh, I, mean, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Right? Yeah. So that, that was the, the other extreme. Now, Dorian... Uh, it's got a little more volume than that. If you look at the blood and guts video, I yeah. know he's, he's doing some um, uh, standing, what, easy curl. He does uh, easy curls. Bar, barbell does. curl. and Seated, and he, seated alternates. Did, yeah. did he do seated alternates? And, and he, loved, he liked the machine curl. He did. That's a great machine. That's like the yeah. preacher uh, Nautilus. Yeah, yeah, he'd he'd use that as a finisher, and uh, Leroy's given him four straps on everything. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, well, you know, there's a message there too. It's like if you want to use low volume, you you have to compensate with intensity. Right. No question. I'd rather do that. Never, 
did Dorian ever switch over to high volume to switch it no. off and give his tendons no. and everything a break? Never did. Never did. And that's what he Never says. Did. He says, he said, what I should have done instead of four weeks out pushing like I did, I should have backed off a little bit and just go into positive failure and stopping and all that. Not to add volume, but just he was on that, you know, he was depleted for him. That was depleted at that point. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. had multiple tears. And he said, that's what happened. He said he, he was just so hundred percent all the time that he thinks that's what happened with his bicep and his yeah. tricep. By the way, I have these Mike Mentor books available for all, uh, three for 900 or all three together for a thousand. Or free to James from a <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's our price? <laughs> If I end we're not, up we're not interested in map pricing. If, if I have a mysterious accident <laughs> and these are you. gone, you'll <laughs> notice contact steel. That's right. right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So those are the, the kind of the extremes of arm work. You know, there's a, a good in between. Jim, how many times do you work arms? When, Once well, a week. all right, let's let's put you in season and out of season. If you're if you're doing bodybuilding, how many times a week? And then if you're out of season, how many times a week? I would always do them once a week. Um, and I would do 10 sets for biceps and 10 sets for triceps, usually two, two uh, exercises a piece. Uh, every set to positive failure, but not beyond, you know, controlling. Some the of your favorite exercises. Preacher curl. So I have this really screwed up shoulder that my left arm is a lot weaker than my right arm when I do um, where my biceps aren't isolated. So I do all kind of preacher curls. Um, because that takes the shoulder out of there and just puts it all on the bicep. I mean, I will do some, some uh, alternate dumbbells, but they're super light. Dude. <laughs> they're like 30, 25, 30 pounds. And it's taken me, you know, I'm, it's taking me five seconds to lower it. You know what I mean? So I'm adding intensity without adding weight because as soon as I add weight, my shoulder gets too involved. So preacher curls and I like hammer curls a whole bunch, but I like preacher curls and cables. Cables are good. Anything where my cable you know, work. Cable curls. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, how, are you do the standing or across the bench? Well, the best way for me to do them is preacher curl. But if I can't finagle the bench over there, then I'll do uh, – I, I don't have any – it's very tough for me to do one-arm stuff with cables so because I get bored by that time. Right. So I do two-arm, two-arm, uh, easy – the squiggly bar on the uh, low cable. Yeah, the easy curl. You know, yeah, you know, I, you know, I love that. You know what you could do, Jim? You could read Krishnamurti with your free hand. While I'm doing that? Yeah. <laughs> That would keep me interested. You alternate, right? So you curl with one arm, you read Krishnamurti, and then, and then you could have tears coming down your face, too, while you're listening to uh, Verity over the headphones. Okay. It'd be like people would go like, nature's way of saying, stay away from him. Uh -huh. Stay away. I'm lost. I'm lost. There was one of famous, the... Uh... There was a famous, famous Seinfeld episode where they had Crazy Joe Devola who had attacked Kramer was he had face painted as a clown and he was lying on a bench and he was crying while they were playing opera. And I've said so many times, I said, I can relate. I've been there. I've cried while I was bench pressing, listening to some crazy music, you know, like trying to crush out a rep. And it's like, and all your emotions are <laughs> on level 10. Yeah. And if people had seen me at that moment, they'd say, that man is a psycho. Yeah. It was just you. <laughs> yeah, just you. But you know, that's the kind of um, that's the kind of intensity you got to bring to arms if you're gonna if you're gonna up them, and particularly yeah. the triceps. Yeah. I think the I, triceps I, are, are I mean, the triceps to me are everything. I always thought that 
and I got the most out of close grips and dips for tricep. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first started doing close grips, I was a junior in high school. I remember laying in bed after I'd done it for about six weeks, you know, two or three times a week. I was like, oh, I haven't felt that. I was feeling my triceps. I was like, oh, man, that's an actual tricep now. How, how close was your grip? Uh, not not like where your wrists are bothering you. Right where the knurling begins, it was the closest yeah. I could go. Right. Did, you know, JP, were you able to dip? Yeah, I loved doing dips. Now, oh, okay. as I got further and further, you know, throughout my lifting career, uh, you know, I got heavier and heavier and my shoulders started yeah. to bother me. Okay. So it wasn't easy doing dips after a while. I stopped. Uh, I, um, we used to do them all the way down, but then I learned that that's not good in the rotator cuff. So now we stop them at a little below parallel, just like a squat. Yep. Yep. So and and I, really emphasize the lockout. The lockout is everything. Well, not only on dips on all tricep exercises. Too many people use a soft lockout. Yeah. Where they never really lock the elbows right, but that's where all the uh, the good tricep stuff occurs. Yes, yeah. I like with the push downs, man. I like the rope, and you think about not not letting your scapula be totally still, but you know, sort of squeeze them together a little bit, and that really puts more of the more of the pressure on a tricep and then hyper, that rope hyper, hyper extension and separating that rope at your thighs Ugh. man i'm telling you and just squeezing it there yeah might as well have thrown lighter fluid in your triceps close and grips, lit it up with a lighter close grips push downs and dips and your triceps should be smoked man you know yeah. the breakers i loved but man my yeah. elbows can't take it my elbows can't uh, the exercise that I've been doing a, a lot of, well, before all the gyms closed, um, I was doing uh, close grip presses and, yeah. you know, just listening to you guys and watching you guys teach it and all that. But the key is you close really got to keep those elbows in. That's right. Overhead, overhead press? What kind of press? No, no, close grip bench. No, close grip oh, bench. bench press. Oh, bench press. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But I see so many guys with their, their elbows flared out going yep. down about halfway. You got to have – Unload the weight. Yeah. Check your ego at the front, right? That's right. Unload it. Be able to do a weight that uh, you can perform full range of motion, come down all the way, stretch it, and come back up with those elbows locked by your side. And what I like to do when I get to the top of the lockout is I imagine myself pulling the bar apart at the yeah. lockout mm. at the top. JP, JP, I'm getting a pump just listening to you talk. Yeah, that was good. That's good. <laughs> I knew you would. Uh, but that's what I really love. And I think that, and I haven't done dips. I do bench dips once in a while and, and things like that. But the dip, the dip is, well, they call it the uh, upper body squat, right? Yeah. Because it's so effective. So <clears throat> stick with those dips if you can do weighted dips. Oh, if you're doing weighted dips, yeah. make sure that, again, full range of motion, and where do your elbows want to be on a dip? They want to be in, they want to be flared out, or do you want to alternate it? On triceps, I want to do it with the closer grip handles and think about them tucking in. Yeah. Yeah, and, okay. and be, have your body more straight up and down. And for chest, to make that real adjustment where I lean forward more. And maybe maybe come out with the elbows a little bit? Yeah, I don't ever really come way. I, I'm just a big believer. As soon as your arm gets way away from your body, that's when your shoulders start to get messed up. Yeah, yeah. For the first five years of my lifting career, we did uh, dips where we had one hand on a stair step and the other hand on a step ladder 
with mm -hmm. some two by fours. So my hands, our hands were turned sideways, like you would have a barbell in your hand, instead of fore and aft, like you would be on a regular dip device. Mm -hmm. Because my hands were turned sideways, it made it really applicable for overhead pressing. Mm -hmm. So the dips really helped my overhead pressing. Yeah. Yeah, and the best one of the best compliments I ever got, and I wrote about this recently in one of our posts, is I had gone in for I had to go in for a uh, physical for football, and I was a junior, uh, so I was a sophomore becoming a junior, and I had to go in for a physical, and the doctor, you know, I said sit in the table, and I had to take my shirt off. And the doctor looked at me, and he goes, his eyes got real big, and he ran across the room. He said, "What? What's wrong with your arms? He said, Did you get stung by a, a, a storm or hornets? What?" And he's like pull, going on my triceps and like that, and he's throwing them. And then I, I like flexed down on him, and I said, oh, "You felt great." I said, "I said, I guess those dips are working." <laughs> you felt wonderful. That was the best day ever, right? <laughs> it was, man. <laughs> yeah, I went back and I doubled my dips. So yeah, like, man, I'm telling and you. I had, I had read an article in Strength and Health. It was just a small article about, oh, all the top Olympic weightlifters in New York are doing dips to increase their overhead press. And they had this shot of, I don't know, Grippaldi, Russ Nip, I don't know, uh, who else, Tommy Suggs, somebody else. And they're turned sideways and they're showing their triceps. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to get on these dips. Yeah, so when that, uh, when that doctor said that, man, I think I... I tripled my dips and I started, you know, weighted dips were really where it's at. That's when, that's when all your strength goes up. Cone was capable of some incredible, I think he was doing like a set to eight with 200 pound dumbbell. Dips are such an individual thing. Sometimes it's people are like, Oh man, it crushes my shoulders. It doesn't bother me at all. It, it's uh, but then a nose breaker. Oh my God. You know, it's like, it's just it helps if you get on them early. Yeah. I think if you start dipping, you know, when you're young, it's uh, less uh, scary movement. If you start uh, with adults, a lot of adults are very worried about breaking their elbows and, you know, having the ability to stop their downward, you know, body weight and yeah. probably with good reason. And, and there's ultra deep dips. I do not think are a good idea. No, I was just going to say, you're exactly right. You know, uh, a great, a great little superset. Like, let's say you want your you're squatting, and it's, um, you know, you're, you got to do a bunch of workup sets to get to your top set. Is do like ten dips in between. It doesn't even make you know. It doesn't make just say. You need, and all of a sudden, you've got sixty, seventy dips in there. You know, yeah, and you, you do it after another exercise too, and you get them in there off season that's, kind of. Stuff. That's Schwarzenegger's old calf thing. We yes. throw, throw a set of calves in between. He could be working chest, and yes. so he's got to work what. Uh, four exercises for pecs, five sets each, 20 sets. So in between every set of chest you do is you'd have a, a the standing calf raise yeah. set to 700. And between every set of whatever pecs, shoulders, arms, whatever he was working, he'd do walk over and do a set of to failure of calf raises. Great idea. That was Dude, in the old he tore his sweatpants off to embarrass yeah. himself days. But you know what I never got about that is here you're trying to pull the blood back and forth, going to your, your calves and then back to your arms and then back to your calves. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? I don't think it's no, – it I think you got to give works. the body more more credit than that, though, man. I think your body – It works, do. babe. Well, you've got to do is try it, man. You go over. Your calves yeah. are on fire. You go back. You just set a bench press PR. I mean, it, it, it works if you – I'll try that with my calves. Oh, no, no, I'm going to train them after every, oh, uh, after every set of shoulders, oh, after every God. set of bench. 
You'll be the first man in history with calves bigger than his thighs. I'll have calves that look like Cone's neck back in the day. On the dip, what is the rule of thumb as far as range of motion? You, wanna, you want the upper arm upper to be arm parallel. parallel, right? Yeah. Upper yeah. arm, yep. But, but since lock. we say they're the upper body squat, on a squat, you would recommend going below parallel. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, well, I, go a little, I recommend going a little bit below parallel on my dip. So there you go. Yeah, just a little okay. bit. Just a little bit. All right, yeah, so it's fine. about the same then. All right. Yeah. yeah. And lock out. That's the key. Negative lock dips. Lock out, lock out, lock out, lock out. And, and negative lock dips out. are fantastic. Negative dips, too. Ooh. You really have to accentuate the negative. Get that little pause, right? So, so it gets to a point where you're doing, you know, when you get good at these things, especially somebody smaller can do 50 dips. So instead of doing that, it's like we talk about in seminars, make lightweights feel heavy, make that dip 10 reps. Say to yourself, I'm going to make these sets so hard that at 10 reps or 12 reps, I'm going to be a failure. How are you going to do that? Well, you can add weight or, and, and accentuate the negative, or you can just accentuate that negative and get that pause, yeah. not loose, not loose, but that right below parallel pause, you know, one, two, yeah. up then five on the way down, that kind of stuff. Jim, you ever do a, a, a dip assist machine? No, I, JP, there's certain things I will not do as a man. One of them is kickbacks. And the no, other no, no, no. You got the whole wrong idea. Machine. I can't no. do it. No, if you, if you do your dips, you burn out with your own body weight or weighted. If you go over immediately after to uh, assist machine, man, you cut your body weight in half and just rep that out. I your triceps you. will be on fire. I believe you. I just can't do it. I it's just a good shocker. <laughs> push-ups are great too. Weighted push-ups are fantastic. Keeps your shoulders healthy too. You know, problem is you get too strong, you know. I don't agree with your manliness all the time. Sometimes you take it a little too far. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just my head, man. I can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a Marty. Marty, which different social circles? What's a couple of your uh, favorite arm exercises? I don't think. I mean, we've like talked about some spider curls. You know what a spider curl is? Spider yeah. curls. Crawl it up yeah. your body. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. um. 90 that's degrees. Vince Caronda, Marty. Vince Caronda, baby. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's 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 my era. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, Vince and I go back. All right, spider did. curls. What else? Uh, well, um, the main thing is, is regardless of the curl, you have to make the mind-muscle connection, and yes. you have to really examine the biomechanics of the curl. And what we do is we stress complete relaxation mm -hmm. to complete contraction. Mm -hmm. So, well, for example, one way that we really can drill this in is a steep incline curl with mm -hmm. dumbbells. Oh, man. You lay back, yeah. and on each rep, they allow that dumbbell to stretch your arm <laughs> downward. And from there, you slowly engage. You don't jerk. You just slowly engage, and you supinate the arms as they come up. Now, initially you keep the elbows back. Mm. At the top, you let the elbows drift up mm. and you twist that little finger in. Yep. And then you fight the negative and that's one rep. Yeah. And, you know, again, you just take it to failure because in bicep exercise and 95% of tricep exercise, there's no danger taking it to failure. It's not right. like a set of squats where you're going to go to failure or, you know, or something really heavy. Yeah. It's just, 
it's just cool. So come on, man, let's go. So that's a good one. Have? I I like to hit the inner heads on those. I keep the Dude, every in. time. Every, yeah. Hey, Mark. Marty, every time some, you'll, you'll try to teach somebody that incline, they'll grab the 40s. I'll be like, go a little lighter. Ooh, oh, yeah, on that one. Go a little lighter. They won't get the first three inches. I know. You're really like, hold, holding their arms back. And you'll screw your shoulders up, too, on that one if you're not careful. Yeah, I mean, you well, just so, go so we like that. And, again, it's like you make the, make the mind-muscle connection. And, and, honestly, you should make the inner bicep, outer bicep connection to put a finer point on it. We also like leaning back up against a post mm-hmm. with dumbbells or a barbell. Again, let the bar stretcher down on each rep, slowly engage, no jerking, no jolting. Right. This is not this is not compensatory acceleration. This yeah, is all the way down, all the way yes, down. All the way stretch yeah. and feel yeah. the stretch. And you gotta let go of your tension. You don't get to keep that little bit of tension in your biceps at the bottom, which makes the start so much easier. No. Let it go. Let it go. Now, from there, you engage, you curl upward, you feel the biceps every inch of the ascent. And then when you can't curl them anymore, then you start lifting your elbows and turning your your little fingers more. Your biceps cramp Mm. on every rep. And yep, think five, about five or six or seven reps with a pair of 30s. And you're like, man, I, I, I got no more. So then we go to the tricep. Immediately, we go to the tricep exercise. I like single dumbbell overhead triceps, right? With a big stretch down and back mm-hmm. of your head. Keep your elbows tight against your ears. Slow. You know, this is like Joe Weider, uh, you know. Constant tension principle. Continuous tension principle number 107, written right. in 1964 by Larry. Leroy Scott. Colbert. Leroy Colbert. <laughs> yes, Leroy Colbert. Thank you. So anyway, but yeah, but but it works. And you take that 40 or that 50 pound dumbbell and, and you really let it stretch behind your head at the beginning of each rep. And that's how, number one, that's how you stretch those triceps, which are incredibly hard to stretch otherwise. And number two, you have that complete lockout at the top. And whether you're using a dumbbell or a kettlebell, which is also horribly awkward, which makes for a great pump because you've got those handles. And as you extend upward, the, the, poundage is actually behind your hands mm-hmm. and it's oh man it is terrible but again this is the whole strategy making light weights heavy uh there again we like dips uh we also like uh the narrow grip bench again what jim was talking about not crazy narrow too many guys they have the really tiny like their hands are touching yeah it hurts your that's, wrist yeah that's not good yeah. and also it destroys your poundage handling ability if you just have a little narrower than your normal press grip, like, well, I have an overhead press grip and I, right, and right I, outside your thighs. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and so you're powerizing both those bands because you're doing them when you're flat, primarily triceps, uh, and you're doing them with your overhead press. Now on the flat bench, narrow grip, we use touch and go. There's no sense in pausing because you, because the weight flies off the chest. Yeah. Right. All the actions at the top, the last eight to 10 inches. That's so there's no need to pause. He's just bang, bang, bang. Use your touch and go, but really stress the lockout. And we usually position that first because that's the heaviest and severe and then segue into the other stuff. And again, we like biceps, triceps, biceps, triceps, biceps, triceps, right? Right. Sometimes on the, 
What do you Sorry. superset, Jim? What's that? What do you superset? Yeah, so I'll do like a push down and a cable curl. Oh, I'll yeah. do like my preachers and uh, dips, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a different, you know, JP was talking about the pump before. That's a pump. When you get that bicep, tricep pump, man, yeah. wonderful. Dude, you feel you feel great. Yeah. yeah it, it goes along. I do a lot of supersets on stuff because I'm I have no patience, man. I just want to get in, get out, you know, get out. And uh it just so happens that I think it's a great thing to do for we're, your arms. We're supersetting standing overhead press with heavy lat pull downs, or if you're a lighter yeah. guy, pull-ups using the identical grip. Yeah. Right? That's great. Push and pull, identical grip. And we're also trying to replicate the overhead press technique on the lat pull downs. In other words, as you pull the weight down, you you curl your torso right. the way you were had when you did the overhead press. It's interesting that Menser did those uh, pull-ups um, with the palms facing because he, went later in his career, he included lat pull downs with the palms facing close grip as one of his bicep exercises. And when I had yeah. elbow surgery, I was doing those for my biceps because the other bicep stuff was bothering me. And that it does, it works very well. It works you, very, you were able to isolate. Yeah. You just bring your elbows down and then curl it from there. You know, you think about your biceps more and your palms come to your face almost. Well, Mike brought in hook, line and sinker on the whole Nautilus machine yeah. thing. And honestly, I think his physique, I think the more he did pure Nautilus, the worse he got. Yeah, because if you look at those old uh, articles, he would do like one Nautilus machine. The rest of the stuff was squats, deadlifts, yeah, uh, you know, heavy dips, all that stuff. Yeah. Now, now his squats were sky high, but I saw him do I don't know, it was like uh, four, four forty fives and a thirty five. What's that? Four eighty five. Well, with collars, four fifty. Yeah, four eighty five. He was doing like twenty five reps. Yeah. You know, but again, you could tell it was continuous tension, right? Like he wasn't quite, wasn't quite locking them out and was yeah. taking it down about, yeah, I don't know, four inches above parallel, but right. always tension, 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 tension. By the time he was done, he was like wobbling. There was no way he was going to do another set, right? Yeah. That was it. And uh, what else What else did he like? Uh, oh, well, you know how he ended his career How's was that? he he ripped uh, he ripped a pack doing, he loved those super heavy incline dumbbell curls. In fact, on his, the chest, let me see, heavy duty. Is, was, it cur- was it curls or flies? Flies, I'm sorry, did, did okay. I say curls? I meant flies. Yeah. On oh, the, uh, the heavy duty chest uh, little flyer, it shows him, he's handling, oh, on the three more reps, the cover of three more reps. Yes. He's handling 80s. What a great picture. 80s, a great picture. right? Yeah. And one of them got away from him, and it ripped his pec completely off, and that was the oh, end of his career. Yeah. I did not know that. Steep incline curls with massive weights. Well, you know, that's what Platts, that's how Platts tore his bicep was flies, and he was bouncing them oh. in the bottom. Mm. You know, going beyond failure and doing those little burns, you know, yeah. those little half reps when you can't do any more, and he would do a lot of those. And now his physique got crazy, but the problem was it's sort of at the breaking point. You know, and that ended it. I t- Listen, I can tell you this real quick story. I may have told you guys about Tom Platt. So I'm at Wheaton. Uh, Gold. Across the street from Wheaton, Maryland, Golds was a little school. Yeah. Glenmont. Tom gave, gave a seminar in there. Yeah, yeah. Marty, that's, you, you, that's your old stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're, 
he had already tore his bicep, but he looked good. You know, he was still competing, yeah. like 83. And uh, Shorter than you thought, wasn't he? He takes it. What's that? He's shorter than you thought, wasn't he? Oh, there's, he's tiny, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm used to football players. So anyway, so he takes off his clothes, he gets his pose and comes out. You know, his thighs are freaking crazy. But, okay. it, you know, his bicep is noticeable. It's noticeable that it's mm-hmm. he never got it fixed or he waited yeah. too long or whatever. It's really small because he doesn't have big arms anyway. They right. just look really good. So he, he's hitting his arms and he goes, and, you know, this guy's got huge egos. He was super cool, but huge ego, I'm sure. And he says, uh, now you can't even tell, can you guys? You can't even tell the difference between the one I tore and the one I didn't. And this guy, and this guy goes, oh, no, no, you can really tell, Tom. You can really tell. This is the one. That's the one you tore. <laughs> His face just fell, man. Like, oh. But your legs are great, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Forrest Gump. Oh, man. I think hey, that Jim. was me. I yeah. think that was me yelling that, Jimmy. Yeah. Jim, yeah, so, yeah. Jim, you've you've done multiple bodybuilding shows and all that. What's the and, – and you've been up to, what, 350 before body weight? 12. Oh, my 312. God. 350. What, what was – yeah, and you're five, what, five, 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 six? Something like that. Go what ahead, Jim. What's the question? What was – all right, so what was the biggest arm measurement you ever had? Um, I never measured them, but I, I at when I was two sixty eight, and when I squatted my eight twenty and deadlifted you know, seven forty, all that stuff. That was when my arms were the biggest. <laughs> they didn't look as good, but they were the biggest then. Yeah, because that's when I was doing a lot of close grips, heavy benches, all that stuff. Yeah, they looked better when I was bodybuilding, but they were they were big. I mean, they were solid at that at that body weight too. They just weren't delineated, you know. How about you, Marty? Hugh used to have you guys take measurements, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but he stretched the tape on me and I quit. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can stretch them anymore. They're like made out of this like fiber cloth or something. Yeah, yeah I, I never got too much into the tape measuring thing, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. actually more when I was a, like, like a real, like, uh, 11 12 13 14 years old right that was like the you know oh man yeah. i couldn't believe i read in the back of a comic book uh, i couldn't have been more than 11 years old and they had the muscle ma- ads in, in the comic books right and they had one with clancy ross right uh-huh. and he said clancy ross had 18 inch arms so i got out the tape measure and i put out 18 <laughs> inches and i went there's no way he says, he must, in it. That, that must mean that his that his arm from the shoulder to the to the elbow is eighteen the inches long. Okay, the there's no way it can't be eighteen. That no, no. <laughs> Back in my heyday, and this is probably I don't know twenty five. I got up to just shy of twenty one, and I had to. Yeah. And arms were never my genetically gifted thing. It was always my back and my legs and, and all that. So, I mean, I had to bust my ass to, but that was, that was the best I ever did. And that wasn't too bad. I remember going to the doctor one time. and they, 21 is huge, JP. Well, it was, it was, it was a little bit below 21. I think they were like 18 or something. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. They were actually, I think, I think with a pump, the biggest they ever got to was 20 and a half, 20 and three quarters. Marty. I rem- Marty. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. No, I believe you, baby. You I believe you. And then you said 18. No, I, I, I'm making a joke. I said a little bit no, below. And I said no, like that's 18. Great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My arms, yeah, they're peaked there. You're slightly below 21, uh, 17 But I, I went to the doctor one time. And he goes, okay, we're going to take your blood pressure. 
and he puts the cuff on and he looks at me, he looks down at the thing again, and it's going like halfway around and he goes, yeah. he throws it down. He goes, he goes, F it. I know you got a blood pressure. So he, <laughs> I, he couldn't take my blood pressure. And I was like, yeah, it was like that moment at, yeah. uh, at the doctor when Marty went and he thought he was swelled up from a no, beast. No, or something. no, 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 no. You're, you're, that, uh, doesn't compare to my moment. <laughs> pressure could be off the charts, but as long as that didn't fit, that made your day. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, it's, it's so dumb the way the mentality is, you know, I went and thought about that for months. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, to, All right. Uh, now, look, really if, I were advising, if I were advising a kid who's interested in getting bigger arms, uh, I would start them out. All right. Let's say if they got a barbell, obviously. Uh, but get in touch with the strict stuff first. Uh, the cheat, you don't want to jump in and the cheat curls because you never really zoom in on the object lesson, which is activating the biceps. So. You know, you can start so, so light, lean up against the post, take the momentum out of it, take, take the speed out of it. Right. Right. And get the full range of motion and learn to feel the biceps. If you're doing it right, you will feel it in real time. Right, Jim? Yes. It's the key. It's the key to bicep training. And triceps. Well, in triceps, at least you got some compound movements where they really get hit, like your bench. Right. Right. Yeah, right. the only pushdowns like we were talking about before, no question, and, and your extensions. Yeah. And if, you, if you're lacking gear, you can always do the same, you know, triangle push, a diamond push-up where you form mm -hmm. your, you have your thumbs touch and your forefingers touch and you touch your nose, you, you know, in a push-up, you touch your nose to that. Let me tell you, you know, if you're a beginner, you do it off your knees. If you're advanced, you do it off your toes. And that thing will pump your triceps up. Yeah. Any kind of uh, narrow grip pushing, you know, is gonna gonna give the general activation, and you want the 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 compound multi joint movements first, and then you finish with the isolation. Yeah, agreed. Hey, before we sign off, real quick, one from each of you: greatest arms ever. Period. Oh, God. Marty, I think I know who you're going to say. I, I, I think I might know, have man. the same one. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm going to say probably Lee Priest. Oh, um, big, that's for sure. Um, I didn't see Ronnie Coleman at his peak, uh, but I saw him when he was 50 pounds lighter, and they were pretty damn impressive then. Uh, I would think that if I did see him at his peak, I I think that that would have been certainly yeah. the biggest. Uh, Lee Lee was great, but he didn't have that um, that that ultra peak like again like Freddie Ortiz, Robbie Robinson. I yeah, right. Um, Arnold, his forearms were insane. But you know what? I looked him up. He's uh he's supposed to be five four. Of course, if who? If, uh, Lee Priest. But if you go to oh, Wikipedia, yeah, yeah. it says four nine. I know that ain't no. right. Um, no, he's he's not workish. He's I've seen him backstage. Yeah, I think somebody's screwing around on Wikipedia. But I would say I would say he's five five to five six. Okay, so I I saw five four, but his arms were just about twenty two. So at five four, he's got arms the same size as guys. You know, six foot, six foot two. That's pretty unbelievable. Not really. It's actually easier for the short stubby guy to develop the big arms than the big yeah, guy. Yeah, but that's so much to fill out on such a small frame. No, it's a, it's, 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 it, he, the guy is 
eating so many calories, he was pushing his off-season body weight up to 275. 300. Did he? He's close. I think he was close. Yeah. Um, Imagine that on a 5'4 guy, you know. Well, I mean, that's a heart attack on a plate, right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So I would say for myself, it's Coleman, but there's a guy out there now named Roly Winkler from the Netherlands. Yes, I was looking him up, too. Yeah, crazy. They always got the arm guys. Who was the guy running around back in my day? Manford Hobel. Yeah. 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 So what, six, seven? Yeah. yeah, he was a tall guy for six sure. Six foot yeah. seven, three I something. I think allegedly maybe some Yeah, stuff. I know. And again, a lot of these guys, they, you know, they start body – it's so weird in bodybuilding. You know, I, it's hard to say who's using this um, – Synthol. Uh, Synthol, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the beast thing. Do they still do the beast thing stuff where they make the, the parts swell? I haven't heard about that since early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old school. I'm sure they got something better now. <laughs> yeah, but faster <laughs> kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. again, but I would I would try, if I were a beginner, an intermediate, I'd train, don't need arms, much, I'd train my arms twice a week, I think. Yeah, and, and you don't and, need a whole bunch. Five yeah. and five. Biceps, biceps. Oh yeah, a couple couple biceps. I do a like a, a you know a, a standing curl, a seated curl, um, uh, some sort of a line tricep, some sort of a. If you can't got access to dumbbells, man, wear those things out. Yeah, dumbbells. dumbbells and arm training go together like ham and eggs, like Nick and Keith. You know what I mean? I mean they yeah. go together. Dumbbells and arm training, triceps too. Single overhead dumbbell press, fabulous. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and right. don't worry about the weight. Get your form down. That's and, the very first thing. Don't and, screw yourself up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And But they, if you make that mind connect, muscle connection, if you use that full range of motion, the poundage is going to be limited. You're not going to be that no. strong. Yeah. Dare to be weak. And yeah. gain some weight. If, you, if, you're, if you're really looking to add arm size, got to gain some body weight. And if you, it's all pizza and beer, it's going to be fat. So you want to make sure that you increase your calories by protein, good fat. What else, Jim? Fiber for sure, right? Sweet uh, potatoes. Natural starch, sweet, right? Sweet. Yeah. Sweet uh, potatoes and, and beef. Yeah, and, and, and gain some quality body weight and push your arm size up. I found that to be true. Like I was measuring, I think I had 15-inch arms when I was 15 and 16-inch arms. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it pushed all the way through to I, I hit 18 inch arms when I was 18. And now you've got 75 inch arms. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, you, you had a, a magical fat dissolving gun and we might not be too far apart. Uh, why, you, why, 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 why you guys laughing? I just stay out of all of it. I just stay out of all of it. That's good, man. I love talking about arms. That was great. That was great. Yeah, that was good. All right, let me say one more thing, and that is check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Also pick up Marty's books, Purposeful Primitive and Strong Medicine at ironcompany.com. If you, you're in need of any arm training equipment, you're putting together a home gym, garage gym, yeah. hit up Iron Company, yeah, throw your curl bars, weight plates, cable dumbbells, attachments, dumbbells, dumbbells, barbells, dumbbells, whatever you need. Yeah, man. Um, we've got a uh, new Jim Steele article. Let's see. We just, uh, we just posted that, Jim. Do you have a lot of redactions in that or blackouts? How does that work? In, in gym stuff? Yeah. 
Oh, when Jim sends me, oh man, it's a, yeah, it's a, I got to pack a lunch. Just say that when it's time to edit his articles. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, grab some tuna, grab some, Uh, here we go. It'll be a long day. Phantasmagoric is not a word. Yeah. Yeah. This was about how to uh, (laughs) avoid injury by changing up your training priorities. Oh, I think JP had told me it was about skinning raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) That's next one. We go fishing since we get off here. Yeah. I'd love to. All right. And also don't forget the personal training. We both got a couple slots left. And if you are uh, a serious trainer and if you a trainee, and if you were deprived of expert uh, help, then get in touch with us. And we work with all levels and all ages. In fact, I find it harder to get it. You really get your chops down getting results for uh, normal people. The athletic elite, I've had a couple of pro rugby players fall my way in the past couple of months. They're so easy, Jimmy. Right? Yeah. The real athletic specimens. It's like, oh, do this. And they're like, oh, you mean like this? And I go, yeah, that's perfect. Great. Yeah. 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 And, and they just tell them, oh, you need to lose a pound and a half this week. Okay, great. And I'm on it. And they do it. And it's just, and now we're, you know, three months into the thing. And, you know, he's down, you know, four, 15 pounds and picked up seven pounds of muscle. And, you know, off we go, right? Fantastic. Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can listen to coach. Yep. Yeah. And, G- and Jim has got, 20 years in the trenches of getting results more than that actually 20 years in the top job getting results for people um do yourself a favor get in touch with us if you're interested in busting out of whatever stagnation you find yourself in there you go we'll do it all right guys thank you thanks guys thank you